When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is ESPN Radio. The calf strain heard around the world. If you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan, certainly not to the news that you wanted to get out of Bengals training camp. That Joe Burrow, non-contact injury, he went down, grabbed his calf, had to be carted off the field. We are hearing it's just a strain. Of course, we don't know the severity of the strain. Let's bring in some help with the conversation about the Bengals and all things NFL. Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining us here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas here with you as well. Tannebaum, thanks for joining us this morning. What was your initial reaction to the news that Joe Burrow got hurt? Yeah, you know, like everybody else, you know, my heart was in my throat. And, you know, 32 teams go out to practice, and that's the one thing they worry about. You know, unfortunately for me, um, I had a situation like that earlier in my career where we had a really good team in Miami, made the playoffs, came back with hope and optimism. And in the first two days of practice, Ryan Tannehill goes down with a non-contact injury, and he's out for the year. And we go from hope and optimism to begging Jay Cutler to come out of the Fox broadcast booth. Uh, Thanks for bringing that up. By the way, Mike, I really appreciate you reminding me of that as a Dolphins fan. Those were good days. It was was harder for me, Amber. Trust me. It was harder for me. I would imagine that's true. And Mike T, as a former GM, does what happened yesterday impact your timeline on getting a deal done with a quarterback like Joe Burrow? Harry, that's a great question. Yes. What I would be saying to him is that, hey, look, you know, we're going to take care of two things. We're going to take care of your calf and we're going to take care of your contract and they're both equally important. You're, you're too valuable to this franchise, to the city. Um, presumably, Harry, I, I think they're really, really close. Um, you know, once Herbert got done, um, you know, we've seen in the offseason, you know, be it, you know, Jalen Hurts and then Justin Herbert and, you know, this evolution of the quarterback market. So I think to me, um, they have to be close. And I would just take that issue off the table and just say, hey, we're going to get this done before you're back on the field. What is the holdup? And Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. What is the holdup, Mike? When it comes to the structure of this deal, is it? I, I would imagine, like you said, like the overall money. Now that we know what Herbert got paid, we know what Jalen Hurts out of that same draft got paid. It's probably not the overall money, right? It's the structure of the contract. Is that what they're waiting on? Yeah, Amber, it's a good point. Uh, candidly, I really don't know because you know I've been in those situations before where you know similar players of similar caliber. Not saying that Justin Herbert's Joe Burrow yet, but like clearly, like there was a market. It's evolved. Um, and we saw sort of like the dominoes fall throughout the offseason. So if I'm the Bengals, if I'm Joe Burrow's agent, once I have Justin Herbert's cash flow, I, I, I got to think they're close. I mean, now with that said, guys, like these deals do get complex. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, you're crossing T's, you're dotting I's, you're talking to the league office. There's cash budgets that come into play, obviously the salary cap. So I got to think they, they have to be close, especially once Justin Herbert was done. And Mike T, when you look at the AFC East, right, I want you to tell me uh, which one is a bigger impact, Jalen Ramsey and his injury in which he went down yesterday or the potential signing of Dalvin Cook to the New York Jets? You know, I think Cook to the Jets because I think Brees Hall probably won't be full speed from, you know, day one with the ACL injury. 
you know, candidly, like there was a lot of noise about Jalen Ramsey coming over. He didn't play very well last year. They drafted Cam Smith uh, out of South Carolina in the second round, which I think is a really good draft choice. So, you know, not to say that Cam Smith's going to be Jalen Ramsey overnight, but I, I think they, they could survive missing Jalen Ramsey for a couple of weeks. Um, but Dalvin Cook, in the, given those first four games, Harry, where they're starting with Buffalo and they have Kansas City, New England, and Dallas in their first four games, yep. like that, for me, given all the pressure that's on the Jets, getting off to a, you know, a fast start's important. I hope uh, Cam Smith is ready with those practice reps against Tyreek Hill <laughs> and Jalen Waddle. That probably helps the situation a little bit. Mike Tannebaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. What was your reaction to the comments, Mike, from Sean Payton, where he very clearly calls out Nathaniel Hackett and his tenureship with the Denver Broncos? Yeah, Amber, there's a lot to unpack here. You know, Sean's very close with Coach Parcells, who is always a calculated guy, and I wonder if he said to the ownership, hey, I'm going to take the pressure off of Russell Wilson because make no mistake about it, Sean Payton broke the code. You never call out fellow coaches. He called out his current GM. If I was George Payton, I'd walk right down to Sean Payton's office and say, hey, do you want me the first time you blow a call, you know, throw a challenge flag, miss a, a play clock, whatever it may be, you want me to come out the next day and tell the world that that was the worst clock management I've ever seen? Like, there's something in our industry known as family business. We want to have robust debate. We want to have disagreement, and it's behind closed doors. And the fact that you call me out publicly is unacceptable, and if you do it again, I'm going to treat you the same way. And then to take shots at you know, the New York Jets, I mean, again, that's just breaking the code. And the only thing I could think of, guys, is everyone in Denver is talking about what Sean Payton said instead of talking about how awful Russell Wilson was a year ago. Well, that's the thing for me, though, Mike T, because – even if he is protecting this quarterback, I watched a lot of the Denver Broncos games last year because I watch a lot of film. And when you have plays that when guys are wide open and Russell Wilson isn't hitting them, or you have a KJ Hamler that's wide open potentially for a game winner and Russell Wilson doesn't see him and then he slams his helmet on the ground multiple times and then you see him holding the football too long and contributing to being one of the most sacks allowed um, by NFL offense and an offensive line in the National Football League. Don't Tell me about what, what does Nathaniel Hackett have to do with that? Like I, I don't understand yeah. that part about it. Yeah, and I'll take it a step further. Like, just candidly, as an evaluator, I thought Russell Wilson was a skilled, diminished player. He looked slow. He lost his quickness. Um, I just don't think he played good football. Could have been coached better? Sure, it could have been. But he could have played a lot better. And, again, I just think they're trying to move that narrative forward. And I think because you're right, Harry, and your observations are correct, that Sean's probably sitting there saying, you know what, like, i got to take the heat off of this guy. He, maybe, he, you know, being around him, he thought he was more sensitive in the spring than he could handle. And the best way to do that, alleviate all that, is put the pressure on the, on the head coach and not the quarterback. Uh, that he is certainly doing, at least the former head coach there in Denver. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider joining us here. Who is the team, Mike, who's flying under the radar, who we aren't talking about enough as we head into the season? I think it's the Chargers because of Quentin Johnston, their first-round pick out of TCU. Um, you know, they, they built a basketball team um, in L.A., and when you look at Keenan Allen moving into the slot, Mike Williams went healthy, incredible target outside. Nobody has three corners that can match up. And, you know, look, I know we're just on the precipice here of training camp, but you go to opening day and, you know, the Dolphins travel out to the Chargers. We just talked about Jalen Ramsey's, you know, injury. You know, that's a game to me that, you know, Boy, that could be high scoring on both sides. And I think if the Chargers could just get, you know, 
middle of the pack on defense. I just think this offense has a chance to be unstoppable. So, Mike, I want to go back to Joe Burrow's injury, and I want to take it to 31 other uh, football teams, right? Is there a contender out there in the National Football League that you think could lose their starting quarterback for a small stretch of the season and still be okay? Boy, that's a great question, Harry. Um, you know, maybe Philadelphia um, because you know they have a great defense and they certainly have a lot of other weapons. But you take away any of these great quarterbacks from you know Jalen Hurts on down. You know, maybe the Ravens likewise because of defense and running the game, running the ball. Um, but it's really, really hard to do. That's why I think teams like Carolina with Andy Dalton or Indianapolis with Gardner Minshew. Like you hope we don't have to have this discussion. But if a quarterback did go down, you know, those are the teams you're probably calling to go get a quarterback because it's so hard to win without one. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Thanks, Mike. All right, guys. Thank you. You can always find him on Twitter at Real Tannenbaum. Twitter threads. I don't know if Tannenbaum's doing threads yet. <laughs> Whatever is cool. X. Is it called X now? Am I supposed to be referring to Twitter as X? Like you can find oh, him on X now? at the Real Tan. Apparently. Yes, I think so. That's too damn much for me. See, well, I, X, Threads, Instagram, Snapface, whatever. <laughs> Snapface. All this stuff is just too much. It's too much. <laughs> Snapchat. It really is too much. I cannot keep up. Like, I, I never got on the TikTok bandwagon, right? I tried to refuse to do that. And then that was just <laughs> stupid because I just end up watching TikToks all day anyways. But I just watch them on Instagram now. So it all gets fed to me anyways. Me taking these stances against social media, I think, is, is frankly a, a, a fruitless effort. Amber, I hit you up on x you must reply but yeah what is that like are we xing now like instead of (laughs) tweeting or xing i so i don't know man so if someone posted let's say harry posted something we want to talk about it we'd be like harry douglas posted on x formerly twitter Really? Oh, that's what we have God. to say now? Yeah, that's oh, what we can goodness. go with now, right now. Oh, goodness. Come on, so, Nuno. Come on. The, the, the official rules. company line. Okay, so <laughs> a, at age Douglas 83 on X, formerly known as Twitter. At Amber W Sports on X, formerly known as Twitter. This is stupid, Elon. What are you doing, buddy? Like, oh, Jeez. my goodness. I, I'm, maybe I sound old. Do people like change? People like I was these? Thinking, I was thinking about that, too. Like, do I sound old as well? <laughs> You're about to talk about how cool Facebook is. We definitely sound old, 100%. Because there's there's other social media platforms out there that I know are like all the rage and they're cool, and I couldn't even tell you what they are. We definitely sound old. Yeah. It, it's the thing that happens with aging, Harry, is you just you stop caring at some point. Right. You know, exactly. Like when you're young, you think, okay, when I get older, like, I'm I'm gonna stay cool. I'm gonna stay relevant. But you're not. Because you just get to a certain point, and you're like, it's too much. It's too much effort. Then you I don't have kids. Do it. You got kids to worry about, and you know, parenthood. Life oh yeah, life yeah. really happens. You have <clears throat> radio shows to do. Yeah, TV. TV shows to do. You can watch us on ESPNU and ESPN2. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out with you here. Coming up next, we're going to get into the conversation that we just brought up to Mike Tannebaum because this is an interesting one. Are there contenders around the league that can lose their starter, lose their starting quarterback? Because we just saw the Bengals lose Joe Burrow for at least some sort of period of time. He might be fine to go by the end of or by the start of the regular season. But could somebody lose their starter and be fine? We'll get into that next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. This is ESPN Radio. Touchdown, Josh Allen! If you look at the prototype in terms of size, arm, mobility. He said he was going to be a star, and he is. They built their franchise around him. Looking for Allen! He's got it! Touchdown! I like winning. Whatever I'm asked to do, I'm willing to do. We all like winning, right, Harry Douglas? That's right. Winning so much better than losing. But what teams can do the winning without their starting quarterback? Now, this question, of course, comes off of the Bengals. Now, missing Joe Burrow for at least a portion of training camp. He has a strained calf. We're still waiting to hear the severity of that calf strain. He also has a contract negotiation that's ongoing as well that might keep him off the field. Uh, We'll see what happens when both of those situations are healed, so to speak. But what other team in the NFL then, and the Bengals aren't one of them. I don't think any of us believe that if Trevor Simeon's at the helm for a season that the Bengals will be just fine. But what teams in the NFL would be just fine? This is a tall ask, Harry. We know that that is the most important position in the in the NFL but do you have a nomination well I think you you have to throw the 49ers at the top of that list because of what they did and were able to do last season with multiple quarterbacks going down right Trey Lance goes down to start the year Jimmy Garoppolo steps in Jimmy Garoppolo goes down Brock Purdy who's now their current current starting quarterback goes seven and one including the playoffs and really took care of the football and I and I witnessed Kyle Shanahan not hold him on to a leash like I've seen Shanahan do with Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's one team, I believe. Um, I think when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and what they were able to do last year without a Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush, and I think that's when really, really, you know, this offense started to focus, I think, more so on the run game and lean heavily on the run game. And I think it also lit an extra fire on that defense to say, you know what, we got to back this guy up because we don't have our starter. This, that defense is already going to play lights out. But I think they took it to another level because Cooper Rush was their quarterback. I think it might be a little different this year if it was to happen, though, because you don't have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you don't have that one-two punch um, in that backfield, per se. But also, Tony Pollard is coming off an injury. You don't have Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. So it might be a little different this year if it happened in Dallas. Um, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, a very interesting one, I should say, Amber, because we know what Tua's going to be able to do, but they signed Mike White in free agency. And in New York, we've seen great Mike White, but we've also seen very bad Mike White. 
And I just don't know on a consistent basis which quarterback you would get if he was a starting quarterback. I think also uh, Mike McDaniel, how he can help that is, is being more consistent with the run game. Right, I think that's one of the things that that team, from an offensive standpoint, is going to focus a lot more on in training camp is you know being committed to towards the run because I think it would also help the pass game ascend and we've seen that pass game do some phenomenal things a season ago. So, but if Mike White is your quarterback, I don't think you want him in there passing at the level you would have to a tongue of a lower. You would want to lean on your run game a little bit more. And I think the team that I think is you know outside the Forty ers that it's more feasible for would be the. The, the Philadelphia Eagles um, and Jalen Hurts because of how that team is surrounded. You talk about the offensive line, the wide receiver group, the tight end position. They have a uh, committee of running backs now, Rashad Penny. They traded for DeAndre Swift. They still have Gainwell in the backfield. But that defense and what they're going to be able to pose, and I am a huge fan of teams having their backup quarterback kind of similar uh, in athleticism to their starting quarterback. They signed Marcus Mariota this free agency, so he's the backup now to Jalen Hurts. Now, don't get me wrong. Jalen Hurts not being within that offense, it, it's going to take some hits. And we've seen that last year when Gardner Minshew was in, and actually two games toward the end of the year, that's what the Eagles actually lost with Jalen Hurts with, uh, not being in there. But I think the Eagles – I think it's more feasible for outside of the 49ers. Uh, Jalen Hurts fans probably going to hate that, right? Because a lot of people didn't like the narrative last season that Jalen Hurts was as phenomenal as he was and took the step that he took because of the team around him. And Jalen Hurts ends up certainly getting the bag and he gets paid. And a lot of people wanted to have him in the MVP conversation. If Marcus Mariota goes out there and looks like Jalen Hurts, then that'll be annoying, I guess, to some of those Jalen Hurts supporters. But well, I he's not going to look like Jalen Hurts now. He's not going to look like Jalen Hurts. That's true. He's that's not. My, Marcus Mariota, that's my guy. I played with him in Tennessee, covered him, covered him a lot last last year in Atlanta. Um, but we got to call a spade a spade. He's not going to be Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts for a reason. There's a reason why he's now the second highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. Right. He's not going to be Jalen Hurts. He also doesn't have to be Jalen yep. Hurts, right? Because when we're having this conversation about teams that could still make it happen with a backup, then we're talking about teams that are probably still going to take somewhat of a step back, right? Like you can't expect the backup to necessarily have the same performance as the starter. It's just who could survive that backup performance <laughs> for a period of time. <laughs> Unless you're San Francisco. Exactly. They are the exception to the rule. Yep. Because first of all, I mean, I think Brock Purdy's the starter there. It's He just got cleared, right? So yep. it seems like he's going to be good to go for the beginning of the season. But we're talking about a starter who came out of nowhere. And we know the story from last season, a heck of a story. One of the best in the NFL, if it keeps up. But he came out of nowhere, and he looks great running Shanahan's offense. What's he going to look like coming off of the injury now? And it's a tall ask. He's also got Sam Darnold there, who probably would look great running Shanahan's offense, right? No, oh, by the I way, Trey so. Lance is still on that. You don't think so? No, I say I think so. Because, yeah. you know, Sam Darnold's never had, I think, the the upper echelon talent on the offensive side from offensive line, skill position-wise. Um, and I think just a play caller like Kyle Shanahan, I, I, Sam Darnold's never had that throughout his career. Right. And so you have another viable option there in Sam Dart. I mean, he may look as good as Brock Purdy or Jimmy G or Trey Lance or any of these guys. And oh, by the way, Trey Lance is still on that roster. And it feels like somehow like Trey Lance with the injury again, and it feels like he's just sliding down the depth chart there. But Trey Lance is still there. The guy who they believed in so much at one point that they traded all the way up in the draft to get Trey Lance. And so you're right. That is the team. I think that's the easiest answer to this question in part, because 
even the number one there has some questions. It ain't Joe Burrow yep. going down, and then we're comparing it to Trevor Simeon, right? I mean, that's not the reality in San Francisco. We've te- seen that team do well with a rotation of quarterbacks, and so it's easy to believe that they would continue to do that no matter who's at the helm because it feels more schematic there. Can you think about the luxury that the San Francisco 49ers have been able to have because of their front office and being able to draft the correct way and being able to hit on late round draft picks to the point to where you trade up to the number three spot and you draft Trey Lance. And we haven't had major conversations about Trey Lance not panning out up until this moment because of the success that the 49ers have still been able to have because of how the team is built out and how they've been able to hit on, you know, draft picks and late rounds and finding diamonds in the rough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And frankly, it has saved them from a terrible yep. personnel decision. People normally get fired for fired drafting everybody. people third overall in the quarterback not panning out. The 49ers absolutely. have ascended in doing so. Third overall and also traded up to get there. Yep. It wasn't like they were just at third and then missed on the pick, which we've seen happen so many times. They were so sure about the pick that they were willing to trade away assets in order to get that pick. And yep. that pick looks like maybe one of the worst in terms of NFL drafting history, right? But it's going to get swept under the rug because of what's happened with these other guys. And if you hit on Mr. Irrelevant, Harry, then it makes up for not hitting on the third. Yep. Yes, it does. Because you found another diamond in the rough, something that that organization has been able to do, I think, over the last, I'll say, four or five years. Just find guys late in the draft. You look at a player at the safety uh, position, like a Hufunga. Right. Hufunga, I, I think, is it one of the top safeties in the league is a guy that's instinctive, a playmaker, has the long hair, mimics, you know, Troy Palomalu a little bit. Troy Palomalu is a guy that, you know, um, he looks up to and is a mentor for Hufunga. That, that's just one of the players right there. So a lot of options here. 49ers definitely at the top of the list. Harry also had Dallas being able to survive it. Miami, I don't know if I agree with that as a Dolphins fan. The Eagles, maybe, as the team also. That could lose their starter for at least a little bit of a time and, and go ahead and survive. Coming up next, we go no huddle here. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas here with you on ESPN Radio. You can also watch us on ESPNU. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 
This is ESPN Radio. When he went no huddle and they started to make plays. All the big games but light on time, let us catch you up. Definitely not fun ever playing against no huddle offense. Let's run the no huddle. Whether you huddle, whether you don't huddle, still comes down to just the execution. It comes down to the execution. We're going to see how Nuno executes things. Our producer, Nuno, hello. Don't mess it up. No pressure. <laughs> What's up? And I probably will, but that's the fun of these things. So we'll start in California with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, and he was talking about Dak's, let's say, pension to turning the ball over last year. What last year represented relative to turnovers was unexpected. Uh, I expect to uh, see what we expect from Dak, which is don't turn the ball over and be protective of the ball, which is what he really, when I think of Dak, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. That's what he does good. All right, and Harry, I'll start with you. What should we expect from Dak this year? No, I think Dak is, is not going to have the turnovers that he had a season ago. You talk about in 12 games, 15 turnovers. I think they're kind of they're gonna he he's gonna have times where the ball gets turned over, but I don't think it's gonna be as frequent as we've seen the last year. You know, over his throughout his career, he's been you know normally a guy that's taking care of the football. So I don't think we're gonna see it get out of control in 2023. Yeah, what we should expect is Dak not to have 15 turnovers this season. I mean, 12 for 12 games, 15 turnovers is is unbelievable, but it was an anomaly when yeah. you look at Dak's entire career. And we're talking about a dude with a long career here at this point in the NFL. The season before, 10 turnovers in 16 games. Before that, though, four interceptions, and given only five games that season, but 11 interceptions. You still have double-digit turnovers every season. 15, though, like league in 12 leading games, yeah. in 12 games. Yep. That hasn't been the story of Dak Prescott's career. So I wouldn't expect that many. Now, Dak did come out, and he did say that he's not going to get double-digit turnovers this season. We'll see. That may be a bit of an ask there for a quarterback who's done it multiple times in his career, but not 15. I think he is better than that. Yeah, I think some of those uh, interceptions need to be called on the wide receiver when he make that a wide ding, receiver ding, 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 I mean, ding. he had one. He had one the other day that hit the in practice hit oh the wide gosh. receiver in his hands. No, no, it bothered the hell out of me. The comments from people. I'm like, can you just tell the wide receiver to catch the damn football? How about also, that? Also on the Cowboys for trading for getting rid of, of Dak Prescott's favorite target, right? Yeah, I mean, Cooper. right. Yeah. I mean, some of this is a, is a front office issue as well. All right, uh, let's go to New England and Mac Jones. Obviously, he had to he struggled last year with guys calling the offense that weren't offensive guys. He now has a true offensive coordinator, and here he was talking about their growth so far in training camp. I think we're good. I think the biggest thing that we, we've all talked about is just having a fresh start. Um, I think there's a lot of learning experiences uh, from last year that we've talked about. And uh, this year, it's all about just working together, right? You got to come up with a plan and then obviously talk about it and then execute it. So I'm excited for that part of it. Uh, really just tr- for me, just trying to be really consistent, try not to you know ride the wave and just stay my course. Uh, and hopefully everybody on our offense feels that too. I think Coach O'Brien does a great job laying out what we do well so far. And we're going to learn every day what we do well. And then from there, you just keep moving forward and execute the plan so uh, definitely excited for that all right Harry again starting with you what should we expect from Mac Jones with Bill O'Brien in this offense this year well number one stability 
right? He has a guy that can speak the same language that he speaks, a guy that's had success as a head coach, as an offensive play caller in the National Football League, also as a head coach in college and had success, and success as a play caller um, for Alabama and under Nick Saban. So I think Mac Jones is going to be able to, I think, be better than he was a season ago and try to get back to the forms that he was in his rookie season because he has that stability and someone that actually he can speak the same language with. And that person understands him uh, through hell and high water. Almost a thousand more yards between his rookie season and last season. Last season, a huge dip there for Mac Jones. And some of that might be on the coaching staff. Like Harry just said, lo and behold, apparently having an OC actually matters. And what is it going to look like when Mac Jones has one of those again? I would imagine it will look somewhat better. Now, I think maybe Mac Jones's rookie season was a little bit overinflated as well. He had a good, solid rookie year. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't a true pro bowler in my mind, right? He was an alternate. Alternate, It was fine. He had a good rookie year. Maybe the truth lies somewhere in the middle between rookie season and sophomore season. But I would imagine Mac Jones to be a little bit better than he was last season. Don't forget, though, Calais Campbell did just let us know that Mac Jones, apparently a jerk, apparently a jerk (laughs) on the field. And you ain't there yet, Mac. You got a long, long, long way to go before you can be like that. All right, Amber, you just said something, so I'm going to ask Harry this real quick. So, Harry, if he's somewhere in between his rookie and last year, is that a, something sustainable going to, in the future? Like, is that their their quarterback of the future for the uh, the Patriots then? Well, I don't think he could be in between his rookie year and last year. He has to be better than his rookie year, right? We've already seen what he's able to do within his rookie year, so I feel like he has to be better than his rookie year in year three. I just don't know what gives you the confidence that he will be. You know, I. Well, it's not I have like he had astronomical than, numbers in his rookie season. Like, oh, no, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, he, he had 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Looked a heck of a lot better than last season, though. But last think, season, he doesn't even break the 3,000 yard mark. I think New England's going to go back to that, you know, tight ends up the seam, attacking the middle of the football field, in between the numbers and the hashes, using Juju Smith Schuster, you know, in the slot as well because he's a big body guy. I think they're going to go back to, you know, those days because you now have Bill O'Brien, who was there in New England a long time ago, right, and understands what that system demands. And when you have two tight ends, in which they have Gasecki now from Miami and also Hunter Henry. So I think they're going to go back to, you know, the old days of New England football. All right, speaking about someone who wants to go back to the old days, Baker Mayfield, he's in a QB competition in Tampa, and he said he's not concerned about his haters. I've been off social for almost two years now, so I'm, I'm wired different. I don't need anybody on the outside to tell me what I can and can't do. I know what I'm capable of. Yeah, I mean, I, I got hurt in Cleveland. That's why my, my run ended there. And then last year, it was, uh, you know, it was what it was in, in Carolina. But everything happens for a reason, so I'm here now, and uh, I'm ready to go. All right, Harry, he's in your neck of the woods in that division in the AFC South. So what is our what should be our expectations of Baker Mayfield in that offense? I don't have any. I'll be honest with you. I don't have any for Baker Mayfield. And I think at some point they're going to lean on Kyle Trask because he hasn't had an opportunity to showcase his talents because of Tom Brady being there in Tampa. So I think at some point during the season – Kyle Trash is going to play. But I will say this about Baker Mayfield. I think this is his last opportunity to be a starter in the National Football League. And if this doesn't pan out, he's looking at being a backup the rest of his career. 
I mean, I hate this because I'm a Gators fan and I'm very big on Kyle Trask. And I really wanted him to get that opportunity after the departure of Tom Brady. And we all knew eventually that departure would be coming. And I thought this is a great situation for Kyle Trask when he got drafted to Tampa Bay because he was a really good collegiate player. He showed a lot of promise at Florida for those of us that watched him game in and game out. But he wasn't an NFL ready type of quarterback. He wasn't going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL right off the bat. So why not go sit behind the greatest to ever do it and learn from him. And I thought that's a great situation for Kyle Trask. Then it was kind of weird last year where they weren't even playing Kyle Trask when in fact they were benching Tom Brady. Like in garbage time when Tom was sitting down, it wasn't Kyle that they went to first. And I thought that seems like a bad sign on the development of Kyle Trask. They must not be super in on Kyle Trask. And then they bring in Baker Mayfield. And that's sign number two to me that this Tampa Bay team, who's been evaluating obviously Kyle Trask behind the scenes, doesn't really believe in Kyle Trask. So that that's unfortunate as a Gators fan because I really was hoping for big things. I think because of that, the tea leaves lead me to believe Baker Mayfield ends up being the starter. And what do I expect from Baker? Not a ton because <laughs> I don't expect much from that Tampa team. And frankly, I don't even know if they have a good head coach. Oof. Great coordinator, great former coordinator. Don't know if he's a good head coach, Harry. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. No, I mean, you look at a team that, uh, you know, had success under Bruce Arians, and he turned the keys over to Todd Bowles. And, mm, you know, we, we, we've seen a lot of things, you know, in disarray last year. All right, last one. Jason and Travis Kelsey, uh, host of the New Heights podcast, one of the best podcasts out there. And Travis was talking about he was going to try to shoot his shot at a Taylor Swift concert. Speaking of Taylor Swift, I know you went to the Taylor Swift concert. How was it? Yeah, well, I was disappointed that she doesn't talk before or after her shows because she has to save her voice for the 44 songs that she sings. So I was a little butthurt. I didn't get to hand her one of the bracelets I made for her. You made her a bracelet? Yeah. If you're up on uh, Taylor Swift concerts, there are friendship bracelets. And I received a bunch of them being there, but I wanted to give Taylor Swift one with my number on it. Not right now. Your number's in 87 or your phone number? You know which one. <laughs> She doesn't meet anybody, or at least she didn't want to meet me. So I took it personal. She probably just hasn't gotten over the Super Bowl yet. She's a big Eagles fan. Maybe she just made something up and just didn't want to talk to you. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know what to ask. Go ahead. Just react to that. No, it's funny, though, because, like, when you know you're that dude, we all get humble. He's that dude. No, no, I know, but we all get humbled. There's also someone on the other end that's that lady or that woman, right, uh-huh. that, that humbles us and we have to eat that piece of humble pie every now and then. Yes. Uh, you know, attraction's a funny thing, right? And yep. star power is a funny thing. And no matter how good looking or successful you are, there will always be somebody who prefers somebody else, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's just the reality <laughs> no, of the situation. Real talk. Now, I don't know if Taylor's really rejecting Travis in this situation. Seems like she's just not taking any suitors, period. Like, she's got bigger things to do. You know, like, sing 44 songs on a three, four-hour concert, whatever it is, that that woman's been doing, which is just unbelievable. And from everything I've heard, her concerts are great. I'm not I'm not a Swifty. I can't say I'm spending thousands of dollars to go to a Taylor Swift concert, but... I've heard that she's a phenomenal performer. So she's got bigger fish to fry. Maybe Travis should try in her offseason. Because right now, like, Ooh. she's focused, Harry. It's there her season. Go. There you go. You know? I give like it, a, give it like another that. go, Travis. I believe yeah. in your chances there. It's just like if you're I believe going, in your to, chances with you're going to play people, the Super Bowl, Kelsey, you're not trying to, you know, figure out who wants to talk. You're trying to win the Super Bowl. That's Taylor right. Swift right now. She's trying to give the people the best version of herself so they can have memorable moments throughout their life. That probably just made her so much hotter to him, though, right? Because 
Now she's unattainable. And most women, probably not unattainable to Travis Kelsey. (laughs) So she probably just went up a notch in his book. Maybe it's a long play by Taylor Swift. Maybe those crazy kids will get together. There you go. Handwritten note. Don't type it. Write it it yourself. Put it in the mail. It'll show up by the time she's done with her tour. Coming up next. Did the Angels make the right decision in not trading away Shohei Otani? We'll get into that. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas here with you on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download espn bet today what a play must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. Showtime is a very, very real thing and something that is going to stay in Anaheim for now. The trade deadline is still a couple days away, but the Angels have made it clear they are not trading away. Shohei Otani. Let's bring in some help with the Shohei Otani discussion and all things baseball. Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining us and host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. And Buster, thanks so much for your time. Let's just start with the Angels' decision not to tra- trade away Otani. Was it the right one? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, if in the end they don't wind up re-signing Otani and they don't make the playoffs, this will be viewed as a colossal mistake by the angels. Uh, but on the other hand, I got to say, you know, in an era in which we see so much tanking, uh, the fact that Arnie Moreno is uh, the owner of the angels decided, you know what? I've got the most unique talent in baseball history, and I'm going to do everything I can to retain him uh, when he becomes a free agent in the fall. And, and knowing that if he trades him midseason this year, it probably slams the door on Otani staying with the team. You understand uh, why Artie landed in this spot. And then Perry Manassian, the general manager of the Angels, I got to say, you know, he was essentially told by his owner, look, you can't retreat. You can't flip Otani for prospects. And then the, from Perry's perspective at that point, I think his feeling was, well, if we can't retreat, then we got to move forward and we have to try to get better, which is why they went out and traded for Lucas Giolito. So you respect the aggressiveness. And there is a chance, and I know people, everyone in the Angels organizations is fully aware of that, uh, aware of this, that if it doesn't work out, it'll set the organization back a couple of years. Okay, so let's talk about Otani in the two games that he had yesterday, a complete shutout, then two <laughs> home runs in the second game. Can you put into words, Buster, what we saw from Otani yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it's it really, Harry, it comes down to one, one word, I think, with everything that he's doing is unprecedented. 
you know, recently we had the Astros on Sunday Night Baseball, and, you know, I asked Dusty Baker, you know, what do you think of what Otani's doing? And here's Dusty Baker who played alongside Hank Aaron, and he played against Willie Mays. Uh, he has – you know, such a broad perspective of baseball, and he just looked at me. And goes, he's a bad man. <laughs> like he, he, he absolutely he he struggles for words to understand how someone uh, would have the athleticism uh, and the the ability to do all of this, to go through the preparation to be a dominant starter like he showed yesterday. Uh, and then to you know be so efficient as a hitter, even after twenty or twenty-five practice swings, you know everything that Otani does, which you hear from his teammates and folks in the organization, everything he does every day is to, is focused on trying to be great at baseball. Um, Phil Nevin, the, the Angels manager, told us a story about how when they went to Yan- Yankee Stadium this year, Otani asked him, "Hey, where's the spot where Stanton and Judge hit the ball the furthest?" because Nevin used to be a coach with the Yankees. And then Otani steps into the cage, and he hits the ball further. And what Nevin told us is, on a daily basis, you know, he just wants to be do things better than anyone ever has ever done them before, and that's exactly what he's doing. Wow. Yeah, mission accomplished there for Shohei Otani. <laughs> Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas on ESPNU and ESPN Radio. So the trade deadline, Buster, is Tuesday. No Shohei Otani on the move, at least not for now. Uh, is there a move out there that a team like, say, the Yanks could still make that would dramatically change things here in the second half? Yeah, and Amber, I think that as we move forward, the big the, the trade deadline intrigue centers around the Chicago Cubs, uh, who you know, their chances of making the playoffs are about the same as the Angels, one in six. Uh, and so over the next few days, they have to decide, are they going to trade Marcus Stroman, who would become, despite his recent slump, would become one of the best available starting pitchers, and will they trade Cody Bellinger? And if Cody Bellinger's traded, Boy, he would be uh, potentially great relief for the Yankees. Uh, you know, a, a guy who has played in the postseason, you know, he's won a World Series ring. He's someone who this year has cut down on his strikeouts. He's a much more effective player, and he would help prop up a lineup that has struggled so badly this year. Um, you know, and short of that, I think for the Yankees, the big question today is, what is Aaron Judge going to add to the team as he comes back? Uh, they know that he's not going to be 100% the rest of the year. Um, so if he's 75 or 80%, they're going to throw him out there with that injured toe and see how effective he is. We know this, that when he's been in the lineup in recent years, you know, they win about uh, you know 60% of the games. When he's not in the lineup, they win less than 50% of the games. He's a difference maker. That's probably the best thing that the Yankees are going to add between now and the deadline. Um, you know, the Mets are clearly in sell mode now after trading David Robertson last night. Uh, in the next few days, you can see Tommy Pham go in the midst of what has been a good year for him, Mark Canna, and you know Max Scherzer and, and Justin Verlander are available for discussion, but both of those guys have full no-trade clauses. It would be incredibly complicated uh, for the Mets to trade either one of those guys. It's not even clear that they would accept that. It's not even clear that other teams would take on the money. You know, Typically, contending teams take on 2 to $5 million dollars in salary at the trade deadline, even aggressive teams. Each of those guys are making $14 million for August and September, uh, which would greatly, if uh, you know another team were to take them on, they probably would tell the Mets, look, we're not giving you any prospects. So the Mets have really complicated situations to work through. 
My guess is Verlander and Scherzer will stay with the Mets through the trade deadline. Buster, really quickly, my Braves have lost two or three to the Chicago White Sox, yes. two or three versus the Arizona Diamondbacks, lost the last two to the Boston Red Sox. What is that? What this, just tell me what's going on, Buster. Tell me there's hope still. Tell me. Oh, of course there's hope. I mean, they okay, got the best okay, record okay. In, in the National League, You're darn but right they, they do, do need to add pitching. They do need to add pitching. See, that's what I was talking to Mad Dog about recently the other day is that that's what concerns me is their pitching, and that's one of the things that they got caught up in last year, you know, when they were playing the Phillies, and the Phillies pitching staff was just better than them and also the Phillies hitters took advantage of the Braves pitchers. So, man, hopefully we can get this thing going. Okay, since Harry asked a question about the Braves, I'm allowed to ask a question about my Miami Marlins, Buster. That's how this works. You mentioned there that they got closer, David Robertson, from the Mets being sellers right now. Is there another move that you could see them making to secure a wild card spot? Yeah, one guy to watch is Tim Anderson, the shortstop for the White Sox. Uh, They need offense. And Tim Anderson is someone who has been on a hot streak since the All-Star break. We talked about, you know, the White Sox now are in clear sell mode, you know, trading Lucas Giolito. There are other moves to come. Uh, You're potentially, in getting Anderson, be getting a hot player at the right time for an offense that has generally struggled this year. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Baseball Insider. Thanks so much, Buster. Thanks, Amber. Thanks, Harry. Thank you. Just shameless ask there from Harry Douglas <laughs> about his Atlanta Braves. You were fair, though. Best you team in baseball. No, you know, best eh, team in baseball. Well, we're. We're. You know, we're. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. Coming up next, we're going to see where we go. We're going to go back to Joe Burrow, a calf strain heard around the world. This is ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.